0: Being a PI, you learn fast what seems like a normal case, never is. You never realize how much you're going to need your friends. You can never guess how near your enemies are. And you never know who to trust. Now I'm chasing down an ancient artifact, the only thing that can stop this newly unearthed terror. (laughs) It sounds crazy, but I'm not thinking how nuts it all is. All I can think about is the only man who's ever managed to grab my heart is right at the heart of this mystery. And why? Every time my heart gets involved in anything, there's always a monster waiting in the shadows to break it. Ripped from the pages of the self-titled comic book comes Dash, a new queer supernatural noir podcast. Follow us on Twitter at Podcast dash, on Instagram at Dash.noir, or wherever you get your podcasts. It's our first ever Patreon patron exclusive episode, and we did it in line with a somewhat spooky theme because of its release date. We wanted to show our Patreon patrons just how much we appreciate the support. Thanks for listening and enjoy Love Finds a Way. Frank Dick Lady Justice Investigations, this is Frank. Bill on the line jed salem wanted his wife barbara tailed wanted her caught in the act he said she'd been sneaking around for quite some time and he was just now coming to terms with it they had grown apart since their marriage so much for a happily ever after he mentioned that she went to the market on wednesdays even though her trip should only take a couple hours she stays out all day he said he'd pay double the rate if I started bright and early tomorrow morning, it happening to be a Wednesday and all. I agreed and hung up the phone. It felt kind of nice to go back to simplicity with a basic job. No trapdoors, no secret cults, nothing like that. Just a dame finding love outside of her broken marriage, and a jealous husband paying me to photograph it. I sucked my teeth and poured myself a couple fingers of bottom shelf. It was all I had to keep myself warm until I paid the gas bill. Maybe it's best not to slide back into old habits. I had to be up early, bright-eyed and bushy-tailed. The money would be worth it, this time. Didn't sleep too well last night, had a couple nightmares. I don't remember them, but I can feel that I had them. The thump in my chest slowly quieting as I awoke. I'm sure it was about overbearing inadequacy, failing my loved ones, the usual suspects. The client wanted me in front of his house around 9am before his wife left for the market. Not a morning person but I took solace in the thought of my coffee cooling down to a drinkable temperature, wafting a sweet, nutty aroma into my nostrils. I sipped my joe and started the car up. Barbara should be walking out any moment. She left her house with a wave after kissing her husband on the cheek. His hollow smile that exuded distrust was worn plainly on his face. I noticed it even from a considerable distance. Barbara took off down the street and I followed. Off to the market we went, gently bending through the suburbs and back roads. After about ten minutes, we finally reached the four blocks around the courthouse that established the market. There were rows and rows of vendors bagging up fruits and vegetables. I was scanning for a vantage point to park in. When she passed the first couple blocks, then the courthouse, then she just kept on going. Maybe she never went to the market at all. She could have easily got her groceries at any corner store. Things were finally getting a little interesting. She headed south toward the city limits. I backed off a bit because we were on long stretches of highway with few exits. I didn't want her noticing the same car behind her the whole drive. Hopefully, we were getting closer to a final destination before she ran my tank dry. I was finally seeing brake lights. Barbara pulled into a small paved path between two stone columns, strangled by swaths of ivy. Further down the path, a disconnected iron fence jerking in the wind invited her to a rundown cemetery. Now just what the hell was she doing here? I'm going to feel awfully stupid if she's just here to visit her dead mother's gravesite. But I suppose I get paid either way. There she was at an exit on the complete other side of the graveyard. She was tinkering with the gate. After fumbling with the gate's mechanism, Barbara got back in her car and left. Damn. No following her now. I'll never get back to my car in time. But I might as well see what she did to that gate. I went over and inspected the lock. That little minx. She put some kind of gum or something down in the mechanism so it can't lock. That must mean she plans to re-enter after closing time. I may stumble on a tryst after all. Well, turns out this morning's photo shoot became an all-night stakeout. Barbara probably headed right back home after stopping for groceries, so I'll head back to their nice suburban lie, just to keep watch tonight, to see if she sneaks out. And here Jed was, worried about who she was with during the day, completely unaware of any nighttime escapades. I was just starting to doze off when I was stirred by a sound. Barbara was closing her car door, and pulling out of her driveway. I followed her back to the south gate of the cemetery, where Barbara had sabotaged the locking mechanism. It was ajar, and a lantern bounced with the cadence of Barbara's footsteps in the distance. I followed her down the snaking cement path keeping my distance. It somehow seemed even darker in the graveyard than out of it, and the air had a... pressure to it. I don't know how else to say it. Barbara walked inside of a mausoleum. I caught up and peeked into the doorway to see the lantern hung up. Where did she go? The room was small, nowhere to hide but the coffin itself. <coughs> oh! Obviously, there's a corpse in here. What else was I thinking? As I returned the sarcophagus to its closed position, I heard laughing from under the floor. It sounded like the giggling and cooing of a young couple in love. But where the hell was it coming from? Looking all around, I found nothing. I searched over every nook and cranny, not a single loose stone or lever-action sconce. I guess I would have to wait it out. Maybe this job was proving to be worth the money after all. Shit, I fell asleep. I woke up to the sound of farewells and grinding stone. I looked over the corner of the mausoleum to see Barbara on the move again, most likely to sneak back into her bed acting like nothing ever happened. But what's the point? Why live a double life? Keeping one in line was hard enough. I guess I'll head home and report what I found to Jed after some proper sleep. Mr. Salem, it's Frank. Frank Dixon. What do you got? Is that bitch too timing me? To be honest, I think so. Don't got any solid proof. But I followed her into the south end of the old Victory Cemetery. She props a gate open and sneaks back in at night. Who's the dead man hauling my wife's ashes? Hey pal, I didn't say they got intimate. From what I could tell, they laughed and talked. That fucking whore. I give her the American dream... A nice house, with a white picket fence, just so she can shit all over it! I should've stayed laid up with that tomato in Syracuse, at least I got something out of it! I can tailor it again next Wednesday. No, that won't be necessary. It's no trouble. Well then, I know I should let it go, but I don't think I can. Something is telling me. I need to find out what exactly is going on here. So there I was, waiting outside the cemetery at night, I tried to convince myself it was none of my business, not my wife, not my problem. Leave it be, I told myself, but in typical fashion, I don't listen. Here I was, one week later, waiting for a repeat of last Wednesday's rendezvous outside of the cemetery gates. As Barbara's car rolled through, I moved briskly to the mausoleum where I lost her last time. Not going to be duped again. I headed her off. I beat her to the mausoleum and waited for her approach. My hands gripped the cold stone, ready to propel me forward when it was time to pounce into action. Barbara got out of her car, and I rushed into the room that housed only a coffin. I peeked around the corner to see her put a hand on the statuette on top of the stone box. The sculpture featured a woman holding an orb, which Barbara twisted. The coffin rumbled before it slid to the side, opening a staircase underneath. I slid in behind her about a minute after she walked down. My only light source in this long, damp hall was Barbara's torch and the pinprick of smoldering ash on her cigarette. She flicked the butt up against the stone wall, turning her spent cigarette into a ball of fading fireflies. At the end of the hall was a figure waiting on Barbara's arrival. Looked like the build of a tall young man, but it was hard to make out, and I needed to stay out of Barbara's torchlight. Hello, beautiful. How was your week? Oh, wretched as always, hon. Now why don't you just leave him? I can't. You know it's hard for a girl to make it on her own in this city? Now suppose you're right. I'm sorry, but even in my state, I can't help feeling jealous. His greasy fingers running through your hair like mine used to. Well, why don't we go outside and cuddle under the moon like the old times? You know I can't go far, Barb. I know, John. That was my cue to hustle out of there before they saw me on the way out. A nice moonlit photograph would give my client all he needed to catch this rekindling of ex-lovers. I can understand. Maybe better than most, that if you truly love someone, the feeling is always there, like a permanent scar on your heart. I made my way outside and positioned myself amidst foliage beside an adjacent mausoleum. Not enough, John. The sneaking, late nights, only seeing you once a week. Maybe I should leave Jed and find an apartment on this side of town. I could see you every night. I'm sorry, Barb. It's my fault you got to jump through hoops. But I guess we're luckier than some. Most goodbyes are forever. The lovers leaned in to kiss, and I snapped a couple pictures during this perfect moment. I put the camera away and shook my head. If you loved each other so much, just be together. No matter what it takes. You fucking whore! Jed came out of the brush with a shotgun in his hand, disheveled and very clearly drunk. You fu- you fucking whore! Who- who is he? I knew he was a cheater! Who is he? My, my name's John. Please, Jed, calm down. Calm down? I got 12 gauges of calm for you, slick! John! Jed fired a blast from his shotgun right into John, but John didn't even seem phased. In fact, it looked like Jed somehow missed. Looking confused an expression I shared, Jed fired again at John. What the hell are you? I ain't that drunken. You're right in front of my face. That time I saw dirt kick up behind John. The bullets went right through him. Jed went to hit John with the butt of his gun and fell forward, stumbling through his body, like it was made of vapor. Now it was starting to make sense. That's why they couldn't be together. I turned around to see the name Jonathan Hunt on the front of the mausoleum. I'll be damned. What the fuck are you? If I can't kill you, then I'll do the next best thing. Jed turned his barrel to Barbara with a crazed look in his eye. I pulled out my revolver and put two shots into Jed. He collapsed, dropping his gun, and Barbara fell to her knees. Damn you, Jed. Damn you. Thank you, sir. You saved my girl. Sorry it came to this. Though I'm not really sure what's going on here. I died in a car accident. There was no tunnel of light or gates of heaven. Just darkness. Motionless, soundless, and empty. Till I heard something. Crying. Barbara crying. I just kept moving towards her until my hands were on her shoulder. Scared me to death at first. But I'm so grateful I still have my John, even like this. A ghost? Yeah, I I guess. I don't have an answer for it either. I just pray I don't stop being whatever I am. At least, not until Barb. That's when we will really be together. Well, let's not rush that, alright? I didn't save you just so you could do the job yourself. You don't have to worry about that. I'll be fine. Except, what do we do about Jed? We tell the cops the truth. You came to visit John's grave and Jed was jealous. Wanted you all to himself. He got violent and tried to kill you. Then I stopped him. End of story. Thank you, Mr. Um Dixon. Frank Dixon. So in some ways I suppose there was a happy ending in there. Somewhere turned out to not be so simple or average seems at this point i'm a magnet for the strange and otherworldly it's a shame death separated these soulmates but i guess love finds a way Thanks for joining us for Neon Shadows' first Patreon patron exclusive. The cast of this episode was Frank Dixon, voiced by Ian Knowles. Jed, voiced by Dan Faulkner. Both Barbara and John were voiced by Ellie Hirschman. Thanks for listening, and thanks for being a Patreon patron.